Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. I'm Will Mallard and today I'm joined once again by Helen Chorley. Helen, you're very welcome. Ah, oh, delighted to be back, Will. Really enjoyed previous chats, so looking forward to this. We've got a cracking episode for uh, the people watching or listening today. Uh, so My Property World uh, covers all sorts of things to do with property and investment. Uh, and today we're going to talk about the human behaviour element around this and Helen, you, you've written, you've spoken, you've thought about this quite deeply, um, and you're, uh, you've been on both sides of the, uh, of the equation, and you've come from a finance background, working on the trading floor of JP Morgan for over a decade. You got hit with a health uh, scare, had a couple of years of downtime, and then you got back into it, and things weren't as easy uh, at, as you, you perhaps thought they might be. Um, yeah, definitely not as passive, Will. Still working on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I... So, so the illness was actually like a great opportunity for me to, to kind of think about life and what I really wanted to do. And actually from then, and part of, you know, working on the mindset to, to recover the health was was getting into personal development and I started studying you know mostly kind of to understand myself and why I'd made the choices and why I do the things that I do and that just grew kind of into fascination with human behavior so I've studied with all types of people all literally traveled all over the world to do so and it's really relevant if you you know this is a people business mm -hmm. if you are working with people you need to to understand them you know in order to get what you want in order to help them get what they want in order to to make life easier um, and just much more enjoyable you know I talked about it last time one of my principles it, of investing is make making money fun mm -hmm. I just can't I can't I can't do stuff that, that drains energy I can't work with people that that are, that are too challenging I just Life has to be enjoyable. This, you know, this is not a dress rehearsal. You just got to enjoy it. One of the um, one of the quotes I remember from Clive Woodward, the World Cup winning rugby coach um, from England, uh, obviously, um, Sir Clive Woodward. Now, so was that uh, he divided all of his potential players that he could select into energizers and energy right. slappers, Ooh. and his mission was basically to identify who was who. And to tell the people uh, what they were. And if they were energy sapper and they didn't change, they were gone. Wow. And he, he had a, uh, I think, a seven-year 
build up to becoming the World Cup winning coach. So he'd taken over, they had good players, they had lots of money, they had lots of resources, but it wasn't clicking in the big games. And, and he, he started taking outside psychologists and, and bringing them into the camp, getting some uh, human behavior experts, getting people yeah. who are not what people would typically think about in, in sports coaching. Um, and he got a jump on the competition and he got the best out of out of the group but in my mind that was probably one of the key things getting rid of all the people who are are draining your energy yeah and that's that is a real thing it's a real dynamic and actually as you say and, and what he did there was he understood the interplay between between the 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 team between the members and um, I talk a lot and I'm a really big fan of wealth dynamics uh, Roger Hamilton's kind of framework for looking not to put people in boxes I don't care what the labels are called but to understand what people's kind of strengths and weaknesses and uh, you know you can focus on either of those actually but more importantly, how did all those things slot together mm-hmm. who brings out the best in who and, and when I learned that I realized I'd always worked with a particular type, one particular style throughout my whole, literally my whole career in banking and mostly in property as well. And I was just like, there's no, that that, that was no accident. You know, Mm -hmm. that just gelled really well, that Mm -hmm. dynamic between these two personality types. Mm-hmm. And out of interest, uh, what, what what are you? Uh, uh, weirdly, and I tried to resist it, but I'm a trader. And I resisted it because of, of the name and coming from banking. And actually, it's not about kind of, you know, trading as in trading in, um, being on the trading floor. It's about a trader is very like ear to the ground, understands timing. And I do think I have a real... Mm-hmm you know, a, a real kind of obsession and understanding about timing. Um, but it's it's the bottom layer. I'm all three bo- on the bottom layer of that. There's, there's a grid, isn't there? Yeah. So traders in the middle, and on kind of one side, you have the more, in like the Myers-Briggs type world, on one side, you have the kind of the more extrovert types. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you have the more introvert types. And I'm in the middle there. But my other, my secondary profiles were deal maker. Well, guess what? And property, that's what you're doing every day. Mm-hmm. And accumulator as well. Like I'm obsessed with building wealth as well. And a lot of people think because I do a lot of, you know, I do the TV show and I do a lot of social media, think I'm a star, which is the top corner. But no, sorry to disappoint. I'm a uh, an accidental trader. star. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but but you work out. I like I've helped other people. So I'm um, also a board advisor for um, a few companies as well. One startup, one's um, um, a property company as well, um, Aparo. And actually, what I helped them and some others do was look at what each profile um, of their team are. And and what it does, it's very empowering because if you're expecting like a trade like Nick me, and um, what, what, what's the other chap's name? Uh, Toby Toby Wild. Yeah. Yeah, is a paro and um, started up Sprift and then has gone on. This is his new venture that's just going from strength to strength. Um, but understanding that, you know, like if you come to me as a trader profile and you give me a blank blank sheet of paper and say like, right, come up with all these ideas. I'm literally, I'm going to be a rabbit in a headlight. 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to freeze. It's just not the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. And I beat myself up for years about this, like I'm rubbish at ideas. I'm not creative. I'm not this. I'm not that. And mm -hmm. as soon as I read this profile about what a trader is and their strengths and weaknesses, I let myself off the hook massively. I'm like, of course, I'm not good, like with ideas and creativity, because that's what a creator does. That's and that aha moment opened up a, a whole other view of the world. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also like, that's why I've always worked with creators, because I love that, that they have the vision. They see the possibility. They're like, we can do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, wow. But then as a trader, I will come in with the practical, mm -hmm. some say balloon popping um, skill of saying, well, yeah, we can, but we need to do this. Yeah, we can do that, but we need to do this first. Yeah, we can do that, but it's going to take longer than you think. And, and that's why they need me. And that's why I need them. It's why that dynamic actually works really, or it has worked really well for me. And when you understand that, that dynamic, then you're not expecting somebody to, to do what they're not good at. You're not going to judge them for that. You're not going to beat up on them for that. So, so we've, uh, we've heard on previous episodes, and it's definitely worth looking at uh, Helen's other episodes on My Property World. Um, and, and indeed on uh, the Property Elevator channel or Property Sisters. And uh, I'll just put the little plug in before we get too much further. Uh, you can look at uh, Helen Chorley uh, on LinkedIn uh, and you're happy for anyone to connect with you and, and uh, make yeah. contact if they want to reach out. Absolutely, yeah. No, I post frequent posts, no, a good few times a week on LinkedIn and also on Instagram. Instagram is a much more, you know, tongue-in-cheek version of me. LinkedIn is the much more professional version. But yeah, no, I love writing and sharing and, and giving insights into, yeah, this type of stuff. And the, like, uh, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but summary of your property journey post coming out of uh, the city, you, uh, you got started uh, in a small way. You were focused more on the equity side of investment. Uh, and then you realised that the risks associated with that uh, didn't line up with the returns, didn't line up with, as you're saying, the accumulation. So you started shifting over to the debt side. And um, your, your background in risk, you had an understanding uh, about what risk actually was, how to quantify it, how to assess it. But in the background to all this, you've got human relations. So how do you actually interact with the... The developers uh, so as the investor how were you uh how were you perceived by developers uh and, and what what were you looking for so i you know there, there's definitely certain things there's characteristics that, that attract me and repel me in developers um, and i'm very selective you know i literally so on the, on the uh, property elevator show you know i'm known as the one that says no to everything and i am very selective about about who um who and, and and what i work on especially because like of your like clive um woodward story it's i don't want to have having been somebody who's you know had two years of their life taken away by energy drain i don't want to be around people that, that are going to do that to me so i am very selective about these things um but what i what i look for is um kind of like shared values and i think that's very easy to say and i think people can can talk a good game 
But for me, generally to work with somebody, I like to observe them over a time because, you know, we all know, we can all think of um, at least, you know, two or three people who talk the talk and we know quite well behind the scenes, they ain't walking that walk. And- You only to, know two we... or three. <laughs> <laughs> two or three. Where, where have you been all these years? <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, certainly a lot of them in property, isn't there, for sure. Um, but, you know, it takes time to, to, to watch and observe and see how people treat their existing investors, treat, how, treat people how, sorry, treat kind of service providers. So I have made decisions to do and not do investments with people based on talking to their architects mm-hmm. or their QSs. Mm-hmm. If I know that they haven't paid somebody, then I don't know. Is that really somebody I, I want to be doing I've business always, with? I've always found that a, an odd thing. Like in, in general, the, the people that you're paying are people that you're you're looking to do things for you in order to advance your investment. Um, do you yeah. want them to prioritise your work or someone else's? Um, uh, like rule number one: invoice comes in if it's what it's you know justified for, you pay it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a fair price as well, you know. You know, you, you, I, I do, you, in most instances in life, you pay for what you get. And again, you know, something that maybe we'll talk about in another episode, but, you know, I'm much more relational versus transactional. Mm-hmm. I, I want to build, I want, if I find somebody that I like working with, they do, you know, they do a good job. We have a good experience on the project. You know, I get good returns. Um, you know, that are appropriate to the risk that I'm taking. What, why wouldn't I want to do that again? Mm-hmm. Let's just go again. Let's just go again. Let's mm-hmm. just go again. Mm-hmm. And as I said, like last time, I think, you know, I tend to start up with a smaller amount because you don't know till you're in a deal if somebody is really going to be and do as they say they are. And once they've proved that, it's like, great. Okay, let's scale up from there. So you're, um, you're, you're not one for putting the house on 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 red. <laughs> geez, no. And I've seen people do that, and I don't know. It, it, it rare. I'm not saying never, but it rarely ends well, does it? Mm-hmm. And and that's all part of risk management. You know, again, we've we've touched on that in the past. That's all part of risk management as well. It's every time I make a decision, and it's not just kind of the person, not just the project, but also. Am I okay with that amount of money at that level of risk? And, you know, literally, I have this still every time, no matter what the amount of money is, when I press that button or I make that phone call to transfer that money, I'm literally, you know, like a heart pounding moment of like, what if that money never comes back? Mm-hmm. And I, I literally have to have, you know, will it, will it be okay? Can I still live on, you know, baked beans? Will it, you know, can I survive this? And, that's what ultimately, like most of my decisions are based on. You know, I, I just that, that whole go. internal dialogue that's going on, like like being uh, aware of that, tapping into it, uh, being part of that conversation in your own head. Yeah. Uh, that, that that's something that's very rarely discussed. Or um, so human behaviour, uh, like like it starts in your mind, uh, in your gut, as you said, but yeah. then. How do you how do you connect with others? What, what what's your uh, your framework? What's your process? How so human behaviour being the the headline? Yeah. We, can, we can get into the investor relations stuff 
uh, either later in this episode or another one. But the sure. human behavior. I mean, there's, there's the phrase, and I can't remember who said it, but it's seek first to understand. And I want to be, I spend a lot of time like studying this because I want to understand my drivers, why I, what I do, what I do. You know, we've talked about kind of wealth dynamics, but I also want to understand the person that I'm speaking to. So I, I spend a lot of, and I literally do spend a lot of normally, hopefully physical time with somebody speaking to them, hearing about their story, understanding why they do what they do, what are their drivers, what's important to them. And very often when you listen, and listening is a hell of a skill, which I honestly don't think many people are that great at. When you listen, you learn as much from what people don't say mm-hmm. as from what they do say. Mm-hmm. so that's my that's a real that's a top tip which sounds very obvious but literally oh yeah that stopped me making and, and, and that that decisions. process where you're effectively uh like you're you're going through uh almost the hiring process uh with, yeah. with someone that you're, you're looking to get into a, a business relationship now in all relationships someone has to invest first and and yes. i'm not talking about the money um, that there's actually got to be a uh, an interaction, a, um, a, a a sort of explanation about what's going on and what what has gone on and um, and how yeah. how people are feeling about things. Yeah, I wrote an article a few years ago for um, Brendan Quinn's National Development Summit, and actually it was about investor relations. And you know, again, we can get onto that. But we talked about kind of it's like a dating process. Mm-hmm. And as much as I'm trying to understand the person and is are they, their approach, their values, this deal right for me, I try and explain whether I am or I'm not, if I'm the right person for the right investor for mm-hmm. that developer. Like you mm-hmm. don't want me, if you like, you know, as we talked about, it, you don't want me if. If you can't be bothered to to provide a once a month update on what your project is doing, give me headline figures, tell me if we're on plan, on budget, you don't want Mm -hmm. me as an investor. I'm Mm -hmm. gonna drive you mad. Mm -hmm. Like honestly, say no thank you very much and and look, don't waste your time with me. Mm -hmm. Go find somebody that that needs a lot less, you know, detail. and that's why I think it should be a two-way process. I think mm-hmm. this should be as much developers, you know, and I understand it. You need to get the, the projects or the deals funded. I totally get that. But I've got so many, so many stories of where investors have caused developers nightmares mm-hmm. because because they weren't right. They weren't well suited. Why would you want to add complication, hassle, or stress to your life? on top of managing a, pro- a property mm. development. Why, why would you do that? Uh, and, and that can be, do, do that can be worked that out the, at the beginning. Do you think that the uh, like the choice of project um, is a bigger factor or, or is it the human behaviour, uh, like what the person's about is more of a, a thing? Because uh, if you're trying to dig a hole in a river, it's probably not going to be a, a good project. Uh, uh, you know (laughs) true 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 no no it's a very good point so you know I I get a lot I'm you know I see literally tens of deals a week and with great respect to everybody 
they're much of a muchness. The return is much of a muchness from much of a much, you know, risk profile. So I need to understand why somebody, why they are a more certain bet for me for that project than another. But again, then when I'm looking at, you know, there's five Easter eggs, why do you choose the, you know, one Easter egg over another? So there's got to be a decided factor and the decided factor is the person for me. Why would you only choose one as my answer? <laughs> <laughs> true, well, true, true, true. But you know, there, there's some people on, um, you know, some people on the show that, you know, they've come in with a great deal and I just think, so, so property elevator is uh, so, so essentially dragon's den for uh, property investment. So people, yeah, a developer so comes in, yeah. this is the deal, they pitch it, yeah. Um, yeah. and and the the dragons or or, or the the panel basically angels, get, angels. get to uh, ask questions. Yes, exactly. Yes. So you know, the, there's some people that have come in on that, and I just just look at them and I think either they're not right for me, my personality, like mm -hmm. they're going to make my life hard work or actually more often than not, I think I'm going to be a nightmare for you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to want a level of detail that you are unwilling or unable to provide. And, and that's, that's no reflection on the deal. It's mm -hmm. no reflection on the person in and of themselves. But again, why would I, I don't want to make a business relationship harder than it has to be. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, some, some I politely decline from because I just, again, like, like my life is about being as, as low hassle and low stress mm -hmm. as possible, you know. It's too late. I've already kind of made my bed in, in, in it being property. So I've not chosen a stress-free area, but I try to minimize it. And, and people and personality is one of those factors you, you can, you can, you know, try and manage. Mm -hmm. and, and what's the best question a developer's ever asked you? Ooh. Um I actually like it. What's the best question? Ooh. I think a couple of people and, and they've kind of done it a little tongue in cheek, but it's a it's a it's a really good question. Is is you know is basically like why are you suited? You know, it's what, what we said already, why are you suited for this for this project mm -hmm. for me, for our company? Or, or what can you bring? Because that's not always obvious. Um, and sometimes I can give them good connections because I've been around long enough to that, that I bring advisor expertise or I can tap into other networks. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm not a developer. <coughs> I've me. never been a developer. So if you start, you want me to, you know, to come in and tell you exactly how to build that, you know, that hole in a river, like that's no, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to bring technical expertise. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's looking for that, I am the wrong angel or investor to, to go yes. with. Um, but, but I really like, I think some people would get offended by that, like, what do you bring to the table? I think more people should be asking that question. I really do, because that gives me confidence that they are prepared to walk away from me. They back themselves mm -hmm. and value what I do, i.e. the strength of the working relationship, so much that they would walk away from me if I'm wrong for them. Mm -hmm. Good. And, and together we're stronger is the, the basic principle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harmonious, you know, you want yeah, a yeah. harmonious relationship, <laughs> not, you know, 
life's challenging enough, right? Why make it any harder than it has to be? Okay, and and in terms of um, you, so you have uh, people asking uh, why you. That, that that kind of brings to mind um, to, to Google and the uh, like. This is a key part of their growth where. They've got to a, a stage where they were uh, in the billions in revenue, yeah. and how could they they take it up uh, to the next level? And what they figured out was it revolved around people, and uh, particularly their technical people. So attracting the best technical people became their their mission. So and, and that the impact that a you know the, the top one percent person had versus the average, it was yeah. something like two hundred times more. So, so, so 200 being what? Yeah. Is that 20,000%? Like, like a, yeah, you know, yeah. a, an enormous difference yeah. uh, in terms of impact uh, versus an average person. And so getting these people, um, and they realized what they were doing was, was basically doing too much of a sales pitch. And, and they actually uh, like totally flipped things around where uh, they asked the people to talk about all of the problems they had, not all of their successes, but all of the things that uh, they were unhappy about that didn't work, get all of that out up front. Yeah. And if we can solve that in Google, you can come and work for us. And what Google con consequently did was not say, we're this amazing company, it's great, this role, it's blah, blah, blah. They actually said, we've got this big problem, a really big problem, and we need you to come and solve it. Yeah. Uh, and what happened was there their rate of hitting those top 1% hires went through the roof. Uh, and, and I think there's a parallel with what you're talking about here. Uh, uh, what, what, what do you think? Oh, totally. So one of my favorite questions to ask a developer, you know, slightly to put them kind of under pressure because, mm. again, you want to see somebody's true colors. It's just like dating. You want to see true colors as early as possible. And if you're not right, just, just get out of there. But I will ask somebody like, what's your biggest disaster? And if they disaster, hesitate yeah. or, or they skirt around the question or yeah. they won't answer, if you if they're not going to give you transparency before they've got your money, I'll take it a, a step further. Uh, I'd ask 10 follow-up questions in and around that, that one, one point. You, yeah. You'd want to know all of the background, uh, like yeah. what happened afterwards, what they learned, yeah. where, uh, you know, uh, where are things now with the, the people involved? Um, exactly. And and the, uh, how do they feel about all of those things? Yeah, uh, exactly. Because it could have been a disaster and yeah. and, um, and they learned from it. Um, maybe the, the relationship uh, has severed, but if they were unhappy about that, that would be something in my mind that would be a, um, a, a positive, like, like that uh, they weren't a narcissistic, you know, person that was out to do people over. Yeah. Uh, which like like that's actually ahead of anything else that's the thing that you're, you're trying to avoid if you're investing with someone oh exactly someone that, who's gonna like like yeah. not give two hoots about uh yeah. burning your money basically. no 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 that's always what i'm looking for will this person do right by me and and if they'll go there and be honest and get over that ego and we've all got one but will they get over the ego to, to admit they either made a mistake or they had a disaster to actually tell you the details of that? But also, you know, 
and, and somebody said, well, doesn't that put you off? No, because of all those questions you've just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, what did you do? How did you get yourself out of it? And that tells you as much about that person's mindset, their capability, their ability to think of outside the box, their resiliency, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and how they got over that. That can be more compelling than, than mm -hmm. a, you know, hey, I'm so great. I just won this award. Da, da, da. You know, it's like, okay, but, you know, it's it's great when everything's on an upward trajectory. How do you deal with the bad times? Mm -hmm. You know, will you go into a tailspin and panic? Actually, no, because I know you've got over that before. So I would hope that would put you in good stead to deal with, you know, anything but, that comes now, in the future. One of the, one of the things that I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear your take on. So development is about seeing into the future. It's about vision. It's about... Yes, there's a lot of work to, and you've got to pull lots of things together, but it, it's it's going, it's taking something that's not there or something that is and changing it dramatically. People who do that, uh, you've you've categorised as creator, they tend to have like quite big egos because they're, they're they're actually putting their hand up and saying, "I know best. Uh, we're going to go for this. We're going to the moon." Um, <laughs> now you actually need a little bit of that or my belief is you need a little bit of that uh somewhere in the mix of, of the team of people that you're investing into yeah. and, and you don't want to totally dampen that down but how do you how do you like get another layer below the surface what, what's your best technique for that yeah you you do you totally need you need somebody to have the vision of somebody with the belief in themselves but and it's exactly that. It's a very fine line where that tips into narcissism. And believe me, I've studied a lot about narcissists and sociopaths over the past couple of years because I've had to. And um, uh, uh, one key thing is that they won't listen and they won't take advice. So, you know, I again, ask all those follow-up questions about who's in your team and, oh, and have you ever disagreed with them? Have you ever not taken that advice? And again, you know, these, these people, particularly with the big egos, and I'm thinking of a couple, a specific couple, you know, are very charming. Mm -hmm. You know, a narcissist and ego maniac never comes across like, mm -hmm. you know, like a shark, like they're going to run off with your money, like mm -hmm. they're going to, you know, something goes wrong and they're never going to repay you. They don't they don't tell you that. Right. They mm -hmm. don't come across like that. So you have to be clever about the questions. And, and that question about asking somebody about there's something that's going to make them uncomfortable, like what, like an ego and a narcissist never likes to admit when they've done things wrong or they've or they've made a mistake or they've made a bad choice and how somebody answers that question reveals an awful lot you know that there's a lot of it's not them it wasn't their fault mm -hmm. they did nothing wrong it was stone so a lot of finger pointing a lot of a lack of accountability and that just rings alarm bells to me mm -hmm. these days because i've seen it and i've heard it now, now another so another times. element um, that that connects in with this um, in in property or, or small to medium sized property development uh, and investments, uh, you often have people who have come from a background where they're not a developer. Yes, uh, they they've come in from some other angle. Maybe they've they've uh, had a small buy to let portfolio. Maybe not. Maybe they're, they're, they've been a professional within construction or within property. And, yeah. and now, now they're in the, the driver's seat. 
Um, how, how important uh, is the team around them? And, and it, it could be that there's a partnership where there's, you know, there's a commercially aware person, because yeah. you are talking about a business as opposed yes. to uh, an individual you're backing. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you like, uh, like get onto the, the inside of, uh, are, are they communicating? Is there a fit between them and their advisors, them and their partners? Uh, and what, what, what's a good technique for that? Yeah, it, it's hugely important. And to understand like how that, that team works, who is part of the team and the experience in the team. As you say, you know, some people come into it as a first time developer and I have invested with first time developers. That's not a deal breaker for me, as long as I understand that the knowledge base or the, the potential to reach out and find the right people when something goes wrong, as long as that is there. Um, the, the ideal for, and again, it's why I put so much time into um kind of networking and talking to people and you know i'll go along to i went to a commercial a commercial um um development um training program so beverly's like why are you here you're not a developer no i'm not but hey i'm coming here and i'm seeing all the questions that you guys are asking so i know what you not the individuals, but as a collective, what mm -hmm. you don't know, what you struggle with, who talks to who, who works with mm -hmm. who. So hopefully, and always, you know, I don't know everybody, so it's not always the case, but I might know who they work with, or now my network, I would say, is probably big enough that I can start asking around, do you know so-and-so? Have you heard so-and-so? Do you know, have you seen this project? What do you think? Mm -hmm. And you can always you know, kind of find find something, somebody who knows somebody. And, you know, that's not to say you base something on one person's opinion. You know, we've all, we all have personality clashes. Some people don't like me as an investor. That's totally fine. But it, again, it's more about that fit. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to fit together? And if somebody's got a history of not paying contractors or service providers, mm -hmm. for example, or, you know, if there starts to be a theme somewhere, then, then you know you, you're going to have to start asking more and more questions. That starts to ring alarm bells. And we asked about what was the uh, the best question a developer's asked you. Yeah. What's the funniest answer you've ever got to one of your questions? Because I'm sure there's there's uh, there's some <laughs> some good stories in there. Oh geez. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to think which ones I can actually am allowed to tell you. Um, you don't have to name names, but uh, paint a bit of a picture, like where you were uh, and what, what, what the context was. Well, I, I won't steal his thunder, but I'll, I'll try and find the link and we can put it below. But Jay Howard, um, that works with Piot, uh, the, uh, you know, they have the auction advisory service. Um, he, he's a uh, previous uh, guest on the podcast. Oh, really? Well. Yeah. Oh, well, you know how entertaining he is. Yes, yes. But he's got, he's just got some amazing stories. He's got a particularly good story. He told it, I think, on one of the Sunday specials once about um, his best deal. He may well have done it in the podcast with you, yeah. but he, about a deal that he did in Birmingham and... Um, and yeah, like he made astro astronomical money for his investor because he was he was working on behalf of somebody else. But the way he tells that story, like I said, I'm not going to steal the 
that like the punchline for him, but, but go and look up either your podcast or his Sunday special episode. And he's just, um, he has a real way of telling stories and um, no, he's hilarious. That's why I, I love working with them. I, I've heard, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard all sorts. I, I, yeah, I really have. I'm thinking of lots of, uh, yeah, lots of stuff that I, yeah, I probably can't, can't tell, but if anybody wants to take me for a drink and get me in the pub, I'll, I'll divulge more. <laughs> So, so that whole investor relations, staying in touch with people. So, uh, would would you have uh, examples where you've uh, you've liked a person, you, you've thought there's a good connection, there's a trust, but the project wasn't right, or or what they were offering within the stack, uh, yeah, what was not quite there. And, yes, and, and um, then they've they've stayed in touch, and you know they've yeah. got back in front of Lots. you when, when the next round comes up. Yeah, lots and lots of lots and lots of people like that. So um, at the moment, I'm doing a um, um, a planning uplift deal, mm-hmm. and um, it's an all woman team actually. It's lady developer, lady architect. And I'm the only, I'm the sole investor, and um, I watched this lady um, a few years ahead of me in terms of kind of doing property, um, and kind of you know kind of hang out with the right people, learn from the right people, try different things, work with lots of different people, really learn her stuff in the industry. And we so, spoke so about... Clear, our... So, so you, you're the investor, you, uh, yes. that there's a, a designer and then there's a developer. So you, you've got a... Yeah, the architect and the developer have a company together. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, then we've got the SPV, all three of us doing this planning uplift project but I've watched her over time and we talked about stuff in the past and it just didn't or maybe I just didn't have the confidence of of the deal wasn't right for me in fact it's really interesting this was quite a good story she came to me and I've still not worked out if she played me really well what what on my human behavior front but she came to me and she said I know this this is too risky for you because I haven't done planning before you know that that's you know at risky you know Mm -hmm you're there aren't you um and she said no this is not your style so she'd really again taken time to get to know me and what mm-hmm. I liked and didn't like she said no it's too risky I know it's not your style would you just have a look at it tell us what you think you know if you are interested that's great but no pressure at all you know have a look at this and I looked at it and it's a very it's a you know relatively it's a very small deal it is in London it's in East London actually but relatively it's a very small deal it's um, a kind of it's an infill plot so it's a tiny tiny piece of land um and and I looked at that and I said you know what like I've watched you kind of mature as a developer and they've been working together for a while. I've watched them <coughs> and the way they worked and really hone what they were doing and, you know, kind of the process of iteration. They were making better choices, doing mm-hmm. better deals every time. I'm like, start it. Let, let's, let's uh, And just so I'm like, clear, you're, you're talking about uh, you're purchasing outright a, without planning and you're looking to get yes. planning. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. so, uh, but in my mind, that that's actually a low risk investment because you're uh, while there, you may not get the planning. Uh, the only risk is really uh, either a market change negatively in the land value, uh, yeah. or or you don't get the planning and you don't get your professional fees back. Um, which so, but but the actual land uh, investment is. Um, 
market dependent, but you're yes. uh, you may not get the, the the increase, but the risk is is actually relatively low. True, true in terms of yes, are you going that, to? That's your not my, my game at, at all, but but that that would yeah. be my my perception. Yeah, no. Uh, are you going to lose the whole money? No. You know, uh, 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 if you don't get the planning and you have to sell out, is there burn money? Yeah, and is the burn money significant in terms of the price, the purchase price? It kind of, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not much, but in relative terms, it kind of is. And then there's the kind of opportunity cost of it. So it, 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 was, an, it was an educated risk, uh, yeah. shall I say, that, that, I, that I decided. And I was just like, you know what? For the amount of money that it is, actually, and for the experience, and I knew I would enjoy every second of working with them, and I am doing. Mm -hmm. So, so the... the you know why I do deals now has definitely evolved. It, over it's from a it's beginning. a super skill set that is a uh, like uh, Sarah Walker was one of the uh, that the recent guests. Uh, so the social housing is probably what she's best known for. But yeah. going back into her earlier days, she worked in a, a council and had a, a brief for an eighteen month period to go in and and get planning uplift across their portfolio. Uh, and, and, and this is going back into the, I think the 1980s. So I might be. Wow. Uh, and she got 4.2 million uh, completed. And I, I believe she got into a little bit of trouble because her predecessor uh, was operating at, at a rate. So each week she was getting more done than they were getting, had been getting done in roughly a, a three to four month period. So she, she motored through all of this came up with all these uh, and, and applied all the, the planning. Now, um, that, that has a skill set. Like, um, it, you just need to have a walk around your uh, immediate neighbourhood in, in most yeah. people's cases. Uh, yeah. And you will see things that are, uh, like, just standing out. Uh, yeah. And, and you, yeah. you, you get into the planning portals, you get into the, uh, into the, the, the various uh, research modes, and that, that's not my thing. I, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'd rather poke a sharp stick in my eye, but uh, <laughs> I, I get bored of that sort of stuff. But yeah. uh, it's definitely a, a way of making money. It is, and actually, that's how the, the the ladies found this site. Like literally walking around, they have their area that they stick to. It's actually like where one of them grew up. Mm -hmm. You know, this this uh, this borough. So you know. They, they know what they're doing in that space. And, um, and, and yeah, it was when they, when, when she came to me and said, oh, it's not your property. I'm like, actually, you know, I looked at this and, and then I looked at, you know, I've written stuff about like being my own asset manager. So when I look at stuff, I'm looking at what kind of different buckets, what buckets of risk am I going to take? And that obviously has an amount that I'm prepared to put in each bucket. And this was, you know, a relatively small amount in the riskiest end of the stuff that, that I've done, but mm -hmm. but that was acceptable to me. And I mm -hmm. think I'd, I'd learned enough. I wanted to do something new with mm -hmm. new people. Mm -hmm. It ticked so many more boxes than just a, will this give me X return on my money? Yes. You know, my decision-making yes. process is so much bigger than that now. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, so yeah, really, I'm really enjoying that. Well, uh, Helen Chorley, uh, it's absolutely wonderful to have you on once again.
Um, so thank you. Uh, I'm Will Meller. This is My Property World Podcast. So Helen Chorley can be reached on LinkedIn. Uh, look her up, get in touch. Uh, she's looking for investment opportunities with good people, but be warned, she's going to ask you some pretty tough questions and, and there'll be some follow-ups. Thanks very much, Helen. Thanks, Will. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.